pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 319. Today I'm going to chat with Eric from Iraq Veteran 8888, discuss New York wanting printer control, highlight the new cross magnum from SIG, and talk about the new king of spice. I am your host, Ava Flannell. Peaches just jumped on my lap. Eric, how are you doing today? I am wonderful, Ava. I hope that, that you're doing well, and I appreciate you having me on your podcast and I know that I've uh, I've been on here at least one other time, and I know it's it's been quite a while, so it's, it's going to be great to you know check in with you again, see how things are going, and uh, actually, and you talk know, about things that are going on. So I think the last time that you were on, it was either my hundredth episode or two hundredth. Ep- no, it wouldn't. Maybe it was my two hundredth episode, but it was just like super awkward and. Yeah, maybe it was my 100th episode. I don't know. But either way, like you've been due for a while to come back and make an appearance. So I'm really glad to have you. And then we also have some really good news to share with listeners, which we'll get to here shortly. In the meantime, though, before we start the show, BSF Barrels. I don't know if you have any experience with their stuff. They make some really awesome carbon fiber barrels and it's actually carbon fiber wrapped. So it's not the actual barrel, but it comes with like a lot of advantages. It has like the same rigidity of like a bull barrel, but like half the amount of the weight. And they've made them in lots of different calibers, like 223 Wild, 556, 6 millimeter arc, 9 millimeter, 6.5 Grendel, 300 Blackout, 22 Nosler, 6.8 SPC, and 204 Ruger. Like stuff that I'm like, wait, like, you know, the 204 Ruger, I don't have any experience with. If you're even looking for a barrel, you know, for like a not so common caliber, definitely check out BSF barrels. But also, um, I mean, I've had some pro shooters on here that have used their stuff and they were really impressed with, you know, the performance of these barrels. So check it out bsfbarrels.com. Don't forget to use the code elite 15. It's all one word. That's E L I T E one five. And that's getting you 15% off your entire order. Learn the things you never knew on deconstructing the industry. Eric, let's see. So for anyone who's not familiar with who you are, which is hard to believe, right? Because you were like one of the first gun YouTube channels back in the day. And to my knowledge, you were like one of the first to even monetize on it. And trying to think how, I mean, how long ago was that? Was it like 15 years ago or something? It's uh, it's certainly been a hot little minute. I want to say it was like around February of uh, 2012 or 2013. So, or no, it might've been longer than that. I meant like 2009. It's it, it's been quite a while. It's, <laughs> You're it's, like, uh, I don't know. I'm getting so old. I don't even remember. But it's like 15. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it look in the world of YouTube channels and in the world of YouTube, you know, content creators and things like that. It it, it might as well be a century. It might as I well know. be forever because <laughs> uh, we were one of the first uh, monetized YouTube channels, I believe, in the, in the first 50 or so. And 
you know, it's 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 kind of weird. Like one day I expect that I'm going to wake up and realize that I've been subject to some crazy like government thought experiment <laughs> where they're like, hey, let's let's make this guy, you know, popular on YouTube and, and give him 15 or 20 years and see what the heck happens <laughs> in 20 years. I don't know. Like like it's, it's some weird experiment that I'm being subject to, like the, right. like the like, Truman Show. I was or just something. gonna say that. Yeah, I know. Sometimes yeah. I think about that, too. I'm like, is there a hidden camera somewhere? Because how is this seriously, you know, real life? But like, I, I mean, I think it's amazing, because, you know, whether you think you had any impact on other people's YouTube channels or not, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sure a lot of people were watching your stuff along with, you know, other people that, you know, kind of created the industry. And they were like, you know what, I could do something like that. And now when you look at it, like there's so many YouTube channels out there that are gun related. A lot of people that I've never even heard of that have like a really great following. And I mean, that's kind of cool that you guys were like sort of the pioneers back in the day. And now, so the things that you were like most known for that I could remember was like your burn down videos, right? Like you just continue to shoot a gun until it eventually starts to fall apart and like at what point of that gun starts to you know have issues and i think even manufacturers love to watch you do that because it was like okay well now we know you know hey maybe we need to work on this part or replace this part or or so forth but to my knowledge like that's what you guys were mostly known for correct me if i'm wrong yeah i mean the the meltdown videos were certainly some of the videos that that were very popular and and, you know garnered you know a ton of traction a ton of of views and everything like that and you know when when we first started doing those videos there wasn't really any intention for it to be scientific or or let's just say you know done in that in the sort of way that we're trying to be super methodical we we just want to see hey what'll happen if we just shoot this thing back to back full auto until it dies. And and then after a while, you begin to sort of collect data. You go, wow, well, this gun failed here. This gun failed there. This gun ran this many rounds. This gun ran that many rounds. And after a while, you kind of start to hone in on like, wow, you know, this is how ARs fail. Like, you know, th- yeah. this is this is the point of no return that that an AR is going to break down or, or fail. And also, you know, it's just, it's it's wildly entertaining to watch a barrel explode or a gas key let go or <laughs> or a handguard catch on fire. And, you know, the, the meltdowns have been popular. And, you know, we also have our gun gripes, which, you know, I haven't done a gun gripe in a while. We, we've kind of scaled back on those because, you know, Chad's been real busy with Argos Ordnance and running that. That's our, our FFL, SOT, manufacturing license and all. And we are building our own ARs now. So Chad's been trying to devote a lot of energy to that. So I haven't really been wanting to pull him away from that too much. Mm -hmm. But, you know, gun gripes have always been, I mean, gosh, I think we're what, like 350 some odd episodes into gun gripes or more. So just just like your podcast, Ava, um, gun gripes have been long running. And, uh, you know, our top five guns and our gunsmithing videos, you know, we're we're really a jack of all trades channel. We do a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, it's, it's been an interesting road, Ava. And I'm so excited for the future. And I still think about new projects and I've still got like a lot of things on the back burner that we're going to bring to the forefront. And I'm super excited for the future. I've, I've never been more ready for the future than I am now. And and people would think, man, you know, you, you get burned out on this after 15 years. And, and it's true. Like, yeah, there's days, Ava, that it, it feels like work, mm-hmm. but it's work. I love it. I, I truly love what I do for a living. And I love my viewers and my followers. I love engaging with the Second Amendment community. I love, you know, feeling like I'm making a difference. And believe me, it, it's something that I would not trade for anything in the world, Ava. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely beats working in a cubicle, right? 
Because before that, right. I was working for the New York Yankees, and everybody's like, that's the, such an awesome job. And it was like, yeah, I mean, I still worked in a cubicle. You know, it was one of those things where, like, it wasn't the greatest job. Like, this, to me, I think what we do is definitely the greatest job, but it definitely is not easy. And that is something that I think anybody who's tried to do uh, pretty quickly realizes and has a lot more respect for some of us who have been in it, you know, long term. And then even just coming up with the ideas like, you know, I mean, how many times can you do something where you're still gaining interest and people still want to watch you? And so, you know, not only do you have to be able to, you know, work the firearms and like shoot somewhat well and know what you're doing, but like you also have to be very creative. And there's not a lot of people out there that are like creative, you know, even the creativity that goes in behind it and, you know, and then the work ethic because we're all self-employed. So there's days where it's like, meh, it's fine. It could, you know, it could wait till tomorrow. But like at the end of the day, you're not going to be very successful, you know, if you don't have a fire under your butt. You have to be accountable, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I get it. And it's true. There's days it feels like work and there's days that, you know, I don't want to do it. And and there's days that it, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed and all. But, you know, like you said, you, you just have to hold yourself accountable and stay, you know, on task. And, um, you know, it's it's not for everybody. But I will say that, you know, Ava, <laughs> we've, we've gotten it down to a uh, to a little bit of a science at this point. We've been doing it so long that uh, now everything goes like clockwork. And, you know, generally the smoothing or the uh, filming goes pretty smooth. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like, okay, let's record hundreds of hours of film and see what, you know, what we want to take out of that. Now you're just like, all right, let's do it. I will agree with that. I've gotten a little bit smarter with that as well. And then you get, you know, faster with editing and stuff. Whereas before it'd be like such a chore. And now I'm just like, meh, just real quick. Okay, done. But I'm going to take a quick break. Talk about Gators iPro. They just launched the Patriot Ops, O-P-Z, and they use the Delta Frame and the Ops. What it stands for is Optimized Polarized Lenses. And then it's kind of cool. They have the American flag on the side, which looks very patriotic, hence the name, you know, Patriot. But what's kind of cool about the Optimized Polarized Lenses, so you can get them in different colors. That's not the cool part. I mean, it is cool, like blue mirror lenses, smoke, somber, gold mirror, but what's cool about these actual lenses is it's specifically designed with like maximum UV protection, but they also have full visibility with digital screens. That means like, you know, if you're wearing glasses and you're on your smartphone, which is what I use, honestly, to do a lot of my recording, I just got the new iPhone 15. And I mean, I got to say, like, it takes pretty good video and pictures. So it's like, why carry around this? bulky camera when my iPhone could do, you know, just as well. Same with smart watches, motorcycle windshields, digital computer screens, so much more. There's a whole science behind it. It's actually really impressive. And then they also, I mean, essentially how it works is it blocks the wavelengths from digital displays so that you can see the screen better. I mean, not only are they just making awesome iPro that, you know, protects your eyes and, you know, they all have like great lenses and stuff like that. But like, there's also a lot of science behind these lenses as well. Check it out. Gators.com forward slash Ava one five. They did just recently change my URL. So that is Ava and then one five use that URL. It's in the show notes and that's going to get you 15% off. Let's talk about some of the stuff that you've gotten into in the last couple of years. 
I noticed that you were really getting pretty politically active, which I have a lot of respect for you doing. And I think that, I mean, the way I felt, and I've said this before, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, if you are making a living off of guns, if you enjoy shooting guns, if you, you know, want more people to get involved or, you know, pick up a gun and learn how to protect themselves and, you know, and you really value our freedom, then I think it's stupid not to, you know, have a voice and get political, especially with everything happening. And, you know, our rights more than ever are being jeopardized. And there's people that think that the Constitution shouldn't even exist anymore and that it's outdated, especially the Second Amendment. I've noticed that you teamed up with Gun Owners of America. And what did you become for your state again? What is it called? Uh, The Georgia State Director. Yeah. And you've been like, quite the political figure for Georgia, but then also not just your state, but you've also been attending a lot of, a lot of events and stuff like political events, which I'm like really impressed with. And you also speak really well. Like I know, I don't know if you mind me saying this, but like you said, you don't have a college education, right? Right. Yeah. So, and which you would never know. And and in my opinion, I mean, I have a college education, I have two degrees, but sometimes people talking to me, they're probably like, this girl sounds really dumb and (laughs) you would never think so. (laughs) So like, I don't think college really makes somebody, you know, smarter than they are. I definitely think that you're really well-spoken, extremely intelligent, and it's really nice to see, you know, you just speak up about this. And I think that a lot of people, you know, I've gained more respect for you, you know, fighting for this. Tell me about some of the stuff that you've done or that you are currently doing as far as politics go. So, you know, we really like the idea of having my platform on YouTube available to GOA as essentially a microphone. So we're always putting out all types of announcements and getting people involved at the grassroots level, which to me is obviously extremely important. And a lot of these states battles, you know, even though I am the Georgia state director, I do step out of my wheelhouse. I step out of my lane quite a bit, and I do you know, report things on the federal side. I report things that are going on all over the country. You know, it, basically, if I think it's an important issue and we need to bring it to light, I discuss it. So even though I'm the Georgia State Director, I, I do dip my toes in pretty much every state and obviously all the federal stuff as well. And I really, you know, like the idea of my platform being a microphone for GOA, so we can get the word out. This month, we actually started our first episode of Firing Back with Eric Pratt, uh, where we have Eric Pratt on. He and I do a stream yard and we take uh, you know one given subject and kind of break it down and really get into some details and stuff. Uh, so our first episode was about all of the uh, gun control in Israel mm-hmm. and how you know they've had to lax up on some of the uh, restrictions in order to get you know civilians the protection that they need in, in sort of a um, retroactive way. And our, our, our argument, of course, is that, you know, it should be proactive, like we should arm people before something bad happens instead of after something bad happens. Now, obviously, yeah, if something terrible happens and you react to it, that that's the correct response, of course. But we want to see a much more proactive approach and everything. So uh, the firing back episodes with Eric Pratt will they'll air every month and Eric and I will film one of those a month. And of course, I've been putting out all of the legislative updates. You know, we go to rallies, we go to, you know, events and things to just put out the word. And and I love interviewing people, talking to folks, kind of getting an idea, you know, where their heads are at and really just bringing the message forward and using my platform for that purpose. I mean, doing entertainment is a low hanging fruit. Like mm-hmm. I could stay away from politics 
and I could do just strictly entertainment, you know, redneck science and all of my, my random stuff that I do. And then what I'm known for, I could stick to that and just stay in my lane and probably be a lot more successful. But I feel like if I have a large platform and I don't use it for the betterment of the Second Amendment community and for the Second Amendment, you know, as a right, I feel like, you know, I, I, I bear that burden on my shoulders so heavy. I, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I'm not using my platform for the maximum amount of good that it can that it can achieve. Mm-hmm. And so GOA, you know, partnering up with them and becoming you know the Georgia State Director was a natural progression for me. As you know, Tim Harmson is the Indiana State Director. So he and I got into our roles at a very similar time. Uh, I joined and Tim joined. I think I think I might have joined right before Tim or, or, or we might have joined like right around the same time. But he accepted the Indiana State Director position. And of course, you know, he's a battle axe in the community as well. So mm-hmm. I think GOA is very smart to align themselves with people that are in our space, not only because they know that we're going to help amplify their message, but because they know we also have a built in audience that really listens to and respects what we do. So for me to, you know, lend my political ear, let's just say to GOA, I feel like, you know, I'm getting a lot of work done that like I don't have to run for Congress. Like, wh- why would I want to try to run and be a congressman when I can arguably, uh, especially in, in in terms of the Second Amendment, I can probably get much more done on the grassroots level as an individual, mm-hmm. arguably so. Yeah, that's always been my approach. Um, you know, hey, let's uh, let's rally the troops. You know? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think I wish that, you know, there was more content creators that did it. And there's been a lot of people that sadly I've kind of lost respect for, you know, even people that I've, I've had on my show and they're like, when it comes to my political segment, they're like, OK, well, we don't really talk politics. So we're just going to kind of like remain out of it. And I'm just like, uh, but you're in the gun industry. Like, it'd be one thing if we were talking, you know, even if it was something like abortion, something that was a very heated discussion. But I understand it doesn't really have to do with what you do career wise or, you know, so it's like, all right, well, I understand, like, maybe you don't want people to know your stance on that. But like, how are you going to sell people guns and accessories and, you know, and all this and like not talk about politics and fight for that? And so it's just been very eye opening and kind of disgusting to see, you know, some people that really just they don't want anything to do with it, Um, especially more now than ever, because our rights are constantly being jeopardized. And even Colorado, I've told so many people this, like, you know, Georgia, Georgia is a pretty safe state right now. I mean, Colorado is like extremely red. All, you know, I mean, look at how many uh, military organizations there are here. And yet now the state's blue and I'm constantly going up to the Capitol and arguing for, you know, a lot of these anti-gun bills. And even then, you know, it's not always effective because it's still like we lost quite a bit last year. It's definitely something that I think more people need to be vocal about. And I've said this, you know, I mean, at this point you know, it's like, I'm just beating a, what is that beating like a dead dog or something like that? Yeah. Beating a dead horse for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like something like that. You're beating an animal and it's like, you know, people have heard me say this. I do appreciate you doing that. Let's see. So you said you, you started putting out articles and stuff too, right? And like you're attending events, you have an event coming up to my knowledge. It's you're going to Washington, right? I am. I'm going up to Virginia for the, um, guns out, um, guns out TV purge at black pines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's this really cool shoot 
that is very unique. It's competition oriented. It has, you know, definitely a, a cool theme to it that is, you know, kind of themed around Halloween in a way, like kind of a horror theme. But, um, you know, we have a very limited amount of tickets for sale for the event. So it's a very small private event. It's a private venue. You know, we got Mark Choppa, Black Rambo, of course, John Shermichael, uh, Mad Minute Tacticians, myself. You know, we're going to be the hunters. So it's 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 really cool. Um, in fact, um, Guns Out TV just put out a detailed video that we helped them make um, just yesterday about exactly how the event is going to go. I mean, there's going to be, you know, exploding pumpkins and, you know, <laughs> there's <laughs> nice. going to be like some steel stuff. You know, you got to run up the hill and engage steel with your rifle and pistol like it. It's very much a run and gun style event. Uh, that's competition oriented. There will be prizes, like some really nice prizes. Uh, the guys at Carolina Custom Bohm uh, did a really sweet case for a custom rifle they're giving away. So it's just everybody's contributing so much for this event. And there's so much energy that's been put into it. You know, anything that John and Shermichael do, I always support them 110 percent. And I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'm going to bring machine guns with me and bring some fun. And uh, it's, it's always going to be a great time for sure. Nice. So this is like slightly off topic. But last night I went to Denver to this event and I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but they advertise that there's over a thousand jack-o'-lanterns. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's quite a lot of, you know, pumpkins and and they all have like lights in them and stuff like that. And I wasn't even sure like how big this event would be, but sure enough, like, so when you buy tickets, uh, you have time slots and stuff. So I go during my time slot, like not even thinking that this is going to be a huge event and that parking would be kind of, you know, tough and stuff like that. And sure enough, it is huge. I mean, there's so much traffic, there's limited parking, there's people that are like trying to help people, you know, direct, you know, traffic and parking and stuff like that. But it was really cool. I'd lie if I said that my anxiety wasn't like through the roof because I just don't do really well with like hundreds and hundreds of people and big crowds. And it definitely felt a little like claustrophobic, but it was just really fun to see. I went around 7 p.m. So it was perfect because the sun had just went down and there was lights and pumpkins everywhere, but it was like still really dark and spooky. And yeah, it was just, it was a really cool experience. Uh, it didn't involve guns, but yeah, it's, you know, so I always joke, I'm like, yeah, when I'm not out on the range shooting, I'm also doing basic white girl stuff, <laughs> like looking oh, at pumpkins, like, drinking pumpkin yeah. spice latte. <laughs> fall, fall is so amazing. Like I love fall. I love Halloween. It, it is absolutely my favorite time of year. There, there's just, there's something about, you know, when you when you look at the seasons and everything and you think about life as a season in, in general, like as we go through our lives and everything and to think that like fall is this time where everything dies off and it, it gets reborn again the following year. Like there's just something so special about seeing the, the leaves change and everything is so beautiful and it really is a special time of year. And uh, I, I can see where that would be, a you know, an awesome experience for sure. Yeah. Later. Yeah. All right. Let me take another quick break. Talk about Mantis. Do you have any experience with Mantis? I have used the Mantis trainers. They are fantastic units for sure. Yeah, they, I mean, I think it's great for all experience levels. I mean, there's, you know, lots of people that come through my classroom. They've never shot a gun before. Maybe, you know, getting familiar with that gun is kind of intimidating. They don't want to use live ammo. In that case, I'd say this was, you know, they have lots of different things like the Laser Academy, 
even if you're just trying to focus in on just shooting like point blank, you know, shooting the bullseye of a target, it gives you lots of pointers, but it really helps you to get familiar with that gun and you're not using live ammo. And then for those who are experienced and you want to take your, you know, your experience to the next level, let's say, you know, moving and shooting and and stuff like that. They also have a lot of different devices to help with that, as well as uh, not just pistols, but shotguns, bow and arrow, rifles, like you name it. They have something they have you covered and it comes pretty affordably. I mean, for example, the Laser Academy that I've talked about, just the portable kit you can get for ninety nine dollars. And then if you want like the larger kit that comes with all the stuff like the laser carrying case, two tripods, uh, targets, and the holders. It's $150. Uh, So they, you know, they really have you covered. Check it out, mantisx.com. All right, so let's talk about the range day that you recently have, which I tell myself every time I hear about it, I always get the invites. Actually, you guys have like two of my emails and I get double the invite. And I'm always like, okay, I'm going to make it. And then I just don't because I always have so much going on. And then I also, I think just because I've never been before. So I'm like, all right, well, where am I going to stay? What hotel are we going to be in the middle of nowhere? Cause you know, I've gone to like all these events where it always takes place in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, I'm not really looking forward to like camping outside, but every time I see it and I see everybody posting pictures of it and stuff, and I'm like, man, that looks so freaking badass. And you guys have so many cool guns out there and just like a really good, you know, group of people, like all my favorite people usually attend. And I always regret like not going, but I think you guys have it more than annually, right? Because I feel like for a while there, I was getting it was like every six months or something. Well, we we did the shoot twice in one year because okay. of COVID that one year, you know, oh, because okay. the range that we wanted to use, they closed it down because of the coof and everything like that. So we uh, we held a an event in the springtime to make up for the one that we missed in the fall. Mm. But now we're back on the regular schedule. It's only uh, once a year. Uh, so this year was our 11th annual event. And of course, it went off without a hitch. Everything was great. We had exploding pumpkins, exploding scarecrows. I mean, wow. you know, we always bring the thunder and have a lot of fun. And it's kind of like a machine gun shoot uh, mixed with, a, <laughs> I, I guess, like a, a meet and greet style. You know, it, it's like a corporate event, except without all the suits. Like mm-hmm. everybody gets together and has a good time. You know, the content creators can shoot guns, check out products, get content that they're going to release throughout the year. You know, and people can can garner relationships between content creators and companies Now, it is a private event, and it's by invite only, but one of the things that we are planning on doing in 2024 is having a public version of the shoot, hopefully in the spring. Hmm. So the fall shoot will be the private shoot, and then the spring shoot will be the public shoot. And I can't even begin to speculate how we're going to work that out in terms of how we're going to do it. We obviously are going to need a really big venue yeah. because if we put this all on blast and then get all the people, all the content creators are coming to hang out to put it on blast. I mean, we could have five or 6,000, 7,000 people show up to some big outdoor venue. And now before we know it, you know, we've got this redneck Woodstock going on. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and Hey, that that's fine. Right. Like, but we have to make sure we have a venue that can accommodate it. So we're looking into that and we're still working out those details uh, to figure out how best to go about it. But, um, I do want to do a public shoot because we get a lot of comments from people. They're like, man, you know, we saw the range day event. Man, what does it take to get invited to that? Yeah. 
So we want to do a public version and I'm hoping that 2024 is the year. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. I just have to laugh though. Like just the image that comes through my mind, like the public, you know, AR Woodstock, you know, like esque event. I mean, that would be pretty funny, but yeah, that would, I mean, that's, that's really cool. I think that people would love to see that. And I, I always felt bad, like even like with shot show and stuff, how, you know, all of us get to go and we talk about it and people, you know, see videos of it. And unfortunately it's not open to the general public, but thankfully there is quite a few events throughout the year that people can go to where they, you know, it's kind of like a mini shot show. But yeah, I am. So, you know what? I need to just, I need to just be like, all right, put on my calendar and like make it happen and and actually attend. And even if I have to Come sleep on, in, a, in a tent or something, you know, suck it up. I could do it for like a day. As long as I get a shower the next day, I'll be okay. <laughs> well, people, um, a lot of people will go in on like an Airbnb, like they'll just get a house together, you know? Yeah. So a lot of content creators, there's, there's a lake, uh, it's, it's near, um, it says Lake Hartwell up there, I think mm-hmm. is the name of that lake, but but anyway, like, you know, folks will just go in together on like a, you know, lake house or something. And, you know, you get a house that sleeps 15, 20 people, like a big one. Yeah. And yeah, it might it might cost, you know, a couple of thousand bucks for the weekend. But generally, though, if you split that between a lot of people, it's it's cheaper than a hotel. And yeah. you all in the same house together, you can party and hang out and everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Absolutely. All so right. that's what most people do. Yeah. All right. Good to know. We also have some really exciting news to announce. As you guys know, I have the podcast Pew Pew panel and well, you guys actually probably haven't heard because the episode hasn't come out yet. This show will air Monday and then Pew Pew panel will air Tuesday. So you guys are hearing it first from here. But uh, Dalen and I, we've decided that we're going to part ways. Nothing bad happened. We're still friends. I literally just talked to him this morning. We still have good laughs. He sent me something with, uh, you know how I like the uh, the Axe Daddy guy on Instagram. And I guess he's on TikTok, even though I'm not on TikTok. But Eric, if you didn't know, there's this guy who just like cuts wood with an axe. He's super hot. And so I think I mentioned it on Pew Pew panel. And Dalen's been sending me people that copy this guy. Like there's women that do it. And it's just, it's really funny. There's lots of play on with this guy. But anyway, so Dalen and I, we've decided it just, it just really wasn't like such a good fit. Like, I think we worked really well together, but unfortunately his audience, I don't think that they like, you know, like longer form content. You know, they're used to like, kind of like that quick, like, six minute or less videos. And so, yeah, as a result, I was looking for a new co-host and Eric and I just happened to talk and like fairly recently. And then I was like, Hey, Eric, what does your schedule look like? Are you looking to be on a, a podcast? Maybe start another one. And sure enough, you were like, yeah, I think I can wing it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So Eric is going to be the new co-host. And here we are. Yeah. Hell I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Eric, are you like, uh, yeah, what did I get myself into? I give it two weeks. No, <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I, I love this kind of stuff. I, I love long form content and, uh, you know, I hope you don't mind. I'll, I'll name drop my podcast as well. So my buddy, Matt and I, uh, he and I served in Iraq together and we have our life, Liberty and the pursuit podcast. Now we've been behind on that big time because he actually runs a, a jiu-jitsu academy full-time now, and he has over 90 students, and they are slaying. They are killing it with that business. So, obviously, he's real busy, so our podcast is taking a little bit of a backseat, but Matt and I are going to cut more episodes as well. And Ava, I'm looking forward 
to cutting more episodes with you for your podcast and let's have fun. Like I, I love, you know, deep nuanced conversation. I love to dive into the nuanced bend of, of conversation and provide insight. So uh, I'm here for it, girl. Yeah, so, well, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I think, I honestly think it would be just, I think it's a good mix, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that you don't know. Like you have all of this knowledge about like older stuff, like older guns, uh, a lot of history, a lot of politics and stuff. And then, you know, I know quite a bit of stuff about like little chihuahuas, makeup, nail polish. Uh, let's see, you know, I could shoot fairly well. So I bring that to the table. But uh, yeah, I think it would be a really good mix. And I think people are really going to enjoy it. So definitely stay on the lookout for that. Tomorrow is the last episode of Pew Pew Panel with Daylin, which we do announce it on the show. And then after that, you're going to BC and Eric. So really excited for that. And then wrapping up. So Eric, for people who want to follow you on your YouTube, your social media, your other podcasts, all of that stuff, tell us what those handles are. Right. Well, you can go to YouTube and just type in Iraq veteran 8888. And obviously we'll, we'll pop right up. We're, we're all over the place. I'm very active on Twitter, also known as X. I look, I'm old school. I still call it Twitter, the bird app, but I, I can't bring myself to call it X, but we are very active on X, um, Iraq Veteran 8888. We post a lot of uh, deals as well. So like if you're ever looking for a killer deal on all kinds of stuff, like whenever I see a smoking deal, I share it. I also provide some insight, political commentary. You know, I share stories. I also share my Substack articles. I do have a Substack. It's again, Iraq Veteran 8888. Uh, I, I'm not as active on Substack as I'd like to be, but I'm, I'm hoping to release at least one good, you know, op-ed uh, every month. Some of them have gone viral and done really well, and we have a good following on Substack. So check us out over there. I am active on Instagram now. Unfortunately, uh, Instagram is shadow banned the ever loving crap out of me. Mm-hmm. So the only way you're going to find me on Instagram is to type in the entire handle. It won't it won't populate the name. You have to you have to type Iraq Veteran. 8888 underscore official, the whole thing, or it won't pop up. So they have shadow banned the ever-loving mess out of me on IG, but I do occasionally post to IG as well. Uh, we were on Facebook, Ava, but Ava, uh, they actually completely banned me from Facebook. I had 830,000 followers on Facebook, and they they banned my account and gave me absolutely no recourse or, or or reason for it or anything like that. Wow. So I've been dealing with that. And that's quite unfortunate because that's a huge part of my livelihood that just basically got flushed down the toilet. You know, I got unpersoned essentially for no reason. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I used to be on Facebook, but we're not on Facebook anymore. So wow. anyway, I that's where you can find that. us. That's crazy. How long ago did that happen with Facebook? Um, It was back in 2020. Like it was, it was around the elections, you know, like when they were really going after all of the, uh, you know, oh, spreading information about COVID and, yeah. or, you know, spreading misinformation and, oh, you you posted a, an, an offensive meme or you supported Trump. Like they they were pulling all kind of people down on Facebook for some of the most innocuous freaking dumb reasons. Right. And I got wrapped up in all that crap. I got wrapped up in all the coof stuff. Like I might have shared, you know, a freaking meme about ivermectin and they went, oh, nope. Flush me down the toilet. Like wow. my whole career on 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 Facebook, that whole, you know, following that took me all those years to garner that following gone. Wow. Like a huge part of my livelihood, like completely screwed me up big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So disgusting. All right. Well, guys, disgusting. in the meantime, go and follow Eric and then also your podcast as well. What was that called? 
Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, LLP. Okay. We post the video forms over on YouTube if you want to you know, actually see us in person. And then we post the audio only, of, of course, on all the all the popular uh, podcast forms. All right, cool. Perfect. All right, moving forward, IWI. Eric, do you have any experience with IWI, any of their guns? I do. Um, I used to have one of the SAR-21s and an X-95. Um, they're fantastic. I've got a few of the Masada pistols. I mean, like, they're, they make fantastic guns, for sure. I've, I've never had it. You know, I, I saw that that awesome shotgun that you were showing off that, that one time. And I always wanted to get my hands on one of those. Yeah, the TS-12, man, that is no joke. Like, so I don't really feel like a jerk shooting a lot of guns, but I sometimes feel like a jerk shooting the TS-12 because it's a bullpup. So, I mean, it does have, okay, so overall 28.3 inches long, but the barrel itself is 18.5 inches long. So like not, you know, not like super short, but yet I think because of the way that it's made, I mean, it has like, it's a big boy and it's fun to shoot. But I just I never really post a lot of videos because I'm like, man, it looks like the gun is shooting me like, <laughs> you know, like instead of me trying to shoot that gun. But it is just like it's so fun if you guys haven't heard of the TS-12. So essentially it's known for like it's it's three tubes that rotate and each tube can hold either four, three inches shells or five, two and three fourth inch shells. And it has a full-length top rail for optics, M-lock slots for accessories. Uh, you can get them in FDE, OD green, and then also black. I have the black one. I really, I'd actually really like the ODG or the FDE. And then it also has a two-position gas regulator. So, you know, if you are shooting suppressed or not. And then it also takes Benelli chokes, which means that you can suppress it. So definitely check it out. It's a freaking awesome shotgun. And then in the meantime, when you're on their website, which is IWI.us, if you find anything in their web store, you're going to save 15% by using the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word. And again, that will get you 15% off. Thank you. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Today in politics, New York wants to ban printers or they want control over printers. Lawmakers in New York are once again competing for the most anti-gun title. This time they're going after 3D printed firearms in a big way. AB8A132 would require anyone purchasing a 3D printer capable of printing a firearm or firearm parts, which is basically all of them, to submit fingerprints to the Division of Criminal Justice Service for a criminal background check. Anyone prohibited from owning firearms would not be allowed to buy a 3D printer in the Empire State. Like, you can't even make this up. <laughs> the bill would give the Division of Criminal Justice Service 15 days to perform a background check and approve the sale of the 3D printer. In other words, a waiting period to buy a 3D printer. And since there are literally infinite uses for a 3D printer today outside of firearms, they're denying you the required equipment for any business needs. The amount of 3D printers used to make firearms is in the extreme minority, if we're being honest. Most are used to print household objects, trinkets, you know, prototyping, new designs for like products, etc. I mean, literally just go on Etsy and you'll see how many different products there are that are 3D printed. 
The bill would also affect mail order and 3D printers since almost all of them are sold online. Very few printers are sold in brick and mortar stores. The author of the bill clearly has no understanding of the technology and how it will affect students and their constituents who use it for thousands of day-to-day things in regular businesses. I mean, it's in a way it's, it's kind of, kind of humorous, just like how much they're trying to like have their say over everything. And it's, you know, I mean, we're talking about a printer. My friend, his son has like a little 3d printer and I mean, it's kind of cool, actually. It's cool how like how many people are actually able to afford 3D printers, and it definitely makes life a little bit easier. And his son printed off something for his sister who was making like a little project for school. She needed like a little person or something to fit in like this little thing that she was making. But I don't know. Can you imagine that? Like now you you need to do this? Well, you know, a friend of mine has a job shop here um, outside of Griffin um, in Georgia here. And he has an array of 3D printers that he uses to not only prototype parts, but also actually produce, you know, things that he sells. Like he's he's got some like magazine holders you bolt on the wall that are 3D printed and things like that. But one of the other clever things about this guy is he has a certain amount of his 3D printers set up to 3D print more 3D printers. So he has a 3D printer design that he actually 3D prints with his 3D printers and he adds all the, you know, the parts and technology. I mean, obviously some things have to be bought, but he can actually cut the cost of the 3D printer considerably by making more printers with 3D printers. And he figured out a way to do it. And it just goes to show like, you know, if you give these people an inch, they're going to take a mile Mm -hmm. and, you know, they can never leave good enough alone. Like if we were to like tomorrow, if we were to say, okay, fine, We'll give you all the guns. We'll do this. We'll do that. If we were to give them everything they wanted, it would never be good enough. They would only be happy with running every gun in the United States of America through a wood chipper. And that's the end goal. The end goal for them is confiscation and and ultimately destruction of every single gun. They try to beat around the bush in the way that like, well, all we want is sensible regulation. Yeah, that's what they say now. Right. First, it's, oh, well, we just want to run background checks on 3D printers. And then what's next? I mean, so it's just crazy. Like, you know, what it really comes down to, Ava, these people only care about control. Mm-hmm. This isn't anything to do with reality. This is just them exerting their control over people. You know, these people are narcissists. You know, they're jerks. <laughs> they're probably really unlikable people in real life. Like, they're probably not even, probably not fun at any damn parties. You know, <laughs> they're probably right. not fun to be around. They probably don't know how to play an instrument. Or, or have fun, you know, like these people are miserable. They hate their freaking lives and they want to make everyone else's lives miserable too. Mm-hmm. They want to, <laughs> I mean, misery loves company, I guess in, in their, their situation, but you know, they, <laughs> I, you know, I got nothing, girl. I, I don't know. I know. I'm just I trying to think go, what they're going through. I get it. And I'm just trying to think like how, like how much more is this going to trickle down? Like, you know, if you can uh, fabricate a firearm just by going to a, you know, let's say Home Depot or something like that and buying tools. Like, so now if you buy any tools that you could possibly make a firearm with, does that mean that now you're going to do a background check? Like, you know, I mean, again, this has so many other effects. Like it's just like with anything else, you know, I mean, it's not limited to just a 3D printer. It could potentially trickle down to like a bunch of other things. And then next thing you know, we're all just running around doing background checks, making sure there's no criminal background. So that we can just buy everyday parts. 
you know, it's crazy because the thing is a well-stocked hardware store, <laughs> trust me, if even if I have a basic mill and lathe, like we're not even talking 3D printers, if I just have access to some basic machinery, like a, a good mill and lathe or whatever, I could go in a hardware store and have a cart full. I could leave with a cart full of stuff that would, <laughs> trust me, mm-hmm. like I can go get some boot grommets and uh, like it, you know, there's plenty of ways to make all kinds of stuff with everyday things you find in a hardware store. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. I agree. This segment is brought to you from Rose by Sig Sauer. As I said in the last episode, Sig Rose is sponsoring the podcast now moving forward. And I wanted to do the first segment where I explain actually what the Sig Rose is. Eric, have you had a chance to at least look at the Sig Rose or get your hands on one? I'm familiar with them. I have not put my hands on one yet now. Okay, so the Sig Rose, it is the P365, but you know, it's called the Rose because, well, it has some rose gold accents. The accents are the trigger, the slide lock, the takedown lever, and the safety. And it's done really, like, really classy. You know how, you know, people just paint an entire gun like bubblegum pink and they're like, okay, well, it's for females. It's not like over the top. And in fact, I've seen, you know, like I've heard from a few guys, they said that they really like it and that they want one. But so it has like a really nice classy look to it. Um, you can get it in the, so the P365, the 380, which is 10 rounds. It does not have a compensator or you can get the P365 XL comp, which is chambered in nine millimeter. It has the compensator and it comes with either two 12 round magazines or two 10 round magazines, depending on your state laws. And it is optic ready, whether it's a 380 or the nine millimeter. The laser is engraved, so it has like a grip module and it has a rose, kind of like a stippling on the grip. Really beautifully done, especially if you like roses. And then it comes in a kit, which this is very genius. So not only do you just buy the gun, but the gun itself comes in this kit, which is pretty much everything that you need to kind of start. So it has a Voltec LifePod pistol safe, which has the very same look as the handgun. It's black with also some rose gold accents. Again, not overly done. It comes with these black dummy rounds. It kind of looks like it's in like a little bag is kind of something that you'd give away like at weddings or something like that, like a wedding favor. Comes with a speed loader, help you load those magazines because the magazines are pretty stiff, just like most new magazines. You know, there's that spring in there and it's pretty stiff. And then a quick start guide, which also includes a lot of tips and tricks from Lena Michalek. This whole Rose program was brought to you by Lena Michalek and She essentially approached SIG and was like, hey, I want to do something for women. You know, her herself being a female is around 2020 when she, you know, decided, all right, well, now that the whole country is kind of at a standstill, she wanted to drive around, live out of her truck and kind of explore the U.S. And she was terrified to do so. And she realized that like a lot of other women probably feel, you know, similar. And it's different when you know, let's say a guy's like, Hey man, I'm going to live out of my truck and I'm going to, you know, drive around the U S and explore. It's a lot different when it comes to women. Like we have a lot more to fear. And at the end of the day, we could argue all day long that men and women are, you know, very similar, but physically we're not. And she realized like how important having a handgun is. 
anyways, after spitballing, I guess, different ideas, they came up with the idea for the Rose program. Not only is it just the Rose gun itself, but it's essentially it's a community. She offers, you know, Lena and Sig, they offer a retreat, which I was lucky enough to go on. I think it was their first retreat. It took place in Nashville. It's all inclusive. It includes the hotel, the transportation, entertainment, food, firearms, and ammo. And I have to say, like, they went above and beyond. Like, it was not just... I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but it was not just like your average event. Like it was probably one of the most like elegant events that I've ever been to. And they did not like cut any costs by any means. Like, so for example, in Nashville, we went to like, we stayed at a really nice hotel. I forget the name of it. Sig actually the first night that they were there, they rented out the entire place of white limousine. I don't know if you're familiar with that place, but it's Dolly Parton's uh, kind of like her club slash restaurant. And it was really cool because it was like all pink inside and just getting in alone is like really hard, even just to make a reservation. Sig rented out the entire place. So it was just us and like the 30 women that were on this retreat. Lena was there. There was a few SIG employees that were female. There was very few guys. Like there was a few male SIG employees, but for the most part, it was just all about women. They also did a fashion show on how to carry that was put on by like Vertex, 511, a few other companies that SIG hired to create their own clothing line. They also did a range day with Lena. So Lena gave them a lot of like, you know, tips on the range, showed them how to properly load the gun, unload it, shoot. And a lot of these women that attended, it was their first time. They had never shot a gun prior, or maybe they had some trauma around firearms. Everybody had their own story. And it was just like really cool just to see, you know, how many different women there were and how many, I guess at times it felt like you put us all in a room. We were all opposite, but like we all eventually just left with this love for firearms and, and all these great memories and friendships. They also showed us how to clean the P365, which I know can be very terrifying for a lot of new beginners and then how to draw from different formats. So like they had the fanny pack that that Sig created the Rose Fanny Pack and then they also had crossbreed holsters there that made like an inside the waistband holster a few other things and they had us you know testing drawing from that and like what you had to do in order to draw effectively we also did like a night on the town in Nashville where again they rented the entire place out we also like down below there was a mechanical bull and we all took turns riding that and it was pretty funny <laughs> I actually have a video of that, but we are not going to show that. They taught us how to two-step, which I had never learned. Even though I live in Colorado and the majority of the people out here learn like they know how to two-step. As soon as I turned 18, I went to school in New York City and like they don't really do that there. So I feel like I kind of missed my calling as to learning two-step, which Eric, do you know how to two-step at all? I do not dance, Ava. Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really much of a dancer. I I'll stick to playing guitar. Like, yeah, you know, I, I love playing music, but I, I I have the rhythm of a freaking brick. <laughs> I mean, I do too. And I've showed videos of it and I'm like so off. Everyone else is like two steps ahead and I'm still like, you know, kind of falling behind. But still, it was so fun. They They hired somebody to come in and teach us that. And it was just like, I mean, it was just such a great retreat. It not only revolved around guns, but also fun things. And like even right now, they have the retreat in Chicago, which, you know, Chicago is not the most, you know, pleasant place for guns. 
or, you know, people who are, are pro-gun. But, I mean, it's still, it's a fun little city. And I saw some of the stuff that they're doing. And it's like, man, I'm jealous. I wish I could have gone on that retreat. But again, they're going to get kind of a very similar experience just in a different city. And I think that this is just a great opportunity to get more women involved. And as soon as I was done, you know, with my experience on this retreat, I knew that like I had to, you know, team up with SIG and like do something that was, you know, that had to do with the Rose program because I was like, one, it's genius Two, I love how it just gets so many new women involved, which I think is what we need, you know, especially when it comes to politics, getting people to change their mind about a lot of the stuff that they hear about, like in the media and sort of demystifying a lot of, you know, those fabrications and stuff. Yeah, I knew right when I experienced it, I'm like, this is something that I want to get behind. And moving forward, I'm going to interview a lot of the people that went on this retreat and sharing the stories with you. And I look forward to sharing that with all of the listeners. But in the meantime, if you guys want to check out more about this, head on over to sigsour.com. Just search for either the P365 Rose or even keyword Rose or even just Google Rose Retreat and you'll see what I'm talking about. And then you could also follow them on social media which is rose.sigsour and it's also on Facebook. They also have a Facebook group for women who want to be in that community and you don't necessarily need the rose. If you have a P365, you can join as well and there's lots of, you know, advice in there and a good community that's built around the firearm. So definitely check it out. That sounds like some amazing synergy. I mean, there's nothing better than having everyone getting together and sharing a common interest and, you know, acknowledging their, their fears and acknowledging their strengths and, you know, helping each other out. So that that's truly amazing, Ava. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And I'll admit, like there were some women that actually cried there, but it was like one of those things where it was a safe space. We could all kind of share with each other. And I don't mind if somebody cries, you know, I mean, let it out. Like I get it. Like guns sometimes can be fearful or sometimes bad things happen to you and we have some trauma and it's like, okay, well, let's make sure that we're not going to be a victim again. So it was just, you know, it was just like such a good vibe. And I'm so glad that SIG is doing this. And like I said, that's why I had to jump on and get behind them. And so I'm really happy that they are sponsoring the podcast. And guys, stay tuned for all the wonderful stories that I'm going to share with you. Caldwell. Do you have any experience with Caldwell by chance? I have been using Caldwell shooting rests for over 25 years. So yeah, absolutely. Oh. I, I love Caldwell products. And one of our rear bags finally crapped the bed after like 25 years. And uh, they were nice enough to send us a new one. So a uh, big shout out to them for for hooking wow. us up. But yeah, they make fantastic stuff. That's crazy that it lasted 25 years. That's crazy. Yeah. So. I mean, we take care of our stuff, but yeah. you know, eventually, look, stitching breaks. I mean, you know, yeah, no, totally. all the crap starts coming out. It's like, okay, it's time to replace it. You well, know? <laughs> especially when they, you know, when you say like they just don't make it like they used to. I mean, obviously, they're still putting in, you know, some good quality stuff because my stuff. Yeah, my stuff's actually I mean, I all a lot of my Caldwell steel and stuff. It's it stays outside. It's been on the range for a few years now. It's taken a beating and really it just it you know, other than like the color wearing a little bit, it looks the same. It, it still, 
you know, does really well. One thing that I would recommend that you get if you don't have it already is the flashbang target hit indicator. It's a light that attaches to the back of your steel and it flashes when it's hit. So this is really good. Like if you're shooting 22 LR, you may not hear the hits on the steel, or even if you're shooting five, five, six at like a thousand yards, it's kind of hard to hear. But what's great about this is it has 10 super bright led lights on it. It's triggered by impact and you can see it like it's visible for thousands of yards, even in daylight. And I can attest to this. I used it. It was like middle of summer and I was like, eh, we may not be able to see it. And like, yeah, you could definitely make it out. It's powered by three AA batteries and it should last about 5,000 impacts. And they work great with any steel uh, targets that are over like five inches in diameter. And then best of all, it's only $29.99. But of course, you're not going to pay full price because you're going to use the code GUNFUNNY10 and that's going to get you 10% off. And that is CaldwellShooting.com. Thank you. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Talking about SIG, SIG actually just launched the Cross Magnum. I don't know if you got the email about that. I did. And have you shot the Cross by chance at all? I have, actually. It's, it's, it's a sweet gun. I really love it. Yeah, I've shot the Cross as well. So in addition to the Cross Rifle, they have the Cross Magnum Rifle. The new addition to the Cross Bolt Action Rifle family is a long action since it's a Magnum and is compatible with cartridges up to 300 PRC. It's more than just a bigger cross, though. Four years of development have added some really cool features. It has a new rapid change barrel system. It includes a free-floated full-length arc rail and a rock-solid locking jaw for the new folding hinge system on the stock. There's a forward-angle PRS-style grip and right-thumb rest safety. Even though it's built with rock-solid precision, it's also lightweight for Magnum at 8.9 pounds. The starting barrel is 24 inches and chambered in 300 Win Mag. Right now, 300 Win is the only caliber available, but I would bet that they're probably going to be coming out with more uh, calibers. As a uniquely radical compensator designed that reduces recoil by 45%, they come with a six-round steel mag. The main parts of the chassis are FDE with black accents. It looks really cool. And then MSRP is $2,499, which is pretty good for, you know, a gun that's chambered in 300 Win Mag. And I got to say, the first time that I shot a mile, it was actually 300 Win Mag. That was, and people are like, oh, well, that's cheating. But like, still, the fact that, you know, you even shot a mile, which my friend, I think, with the exact same caliber shot at two miles. But still, I was, I was pretty proud. It is crazy. 300 Win Mag got some power. And uh, the first time I took a, a bolt gun out to a mile, it was a 338 Lapua. So, I mean, oh. you're shooting 300 <laughs> Win Mag a mile. That's that's good. I mean, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was pretty excited about it. But yeah, I'm excited for this, this new rifle to come out. And they've done just really good, you know, really good job just making a lot of these innovative guns. Like, you know, hats off to SIG for everything that they've done. Now it's time to hear from our sponsor, Smith & Wesson. I don't know if you heard, but they released the Response 9mm Carbine. 
It's kind of like an AR carbine, you know, with Smith & Wesson's innovative Flux Mag system. The Flux Mag system lets you use a wide variety of pistol mags just by swapping out the magwell. Unlike other mag adapters, it doesn't insert into a normal magwell. It replaces the magwell and mag release, so it's a perfect fit for whichever mag you decide to use. It comes with an M&P magwell installed in two 23-round mags and includes a Glock 19 magwell if you want to run Glock mags, which is, I mean, that's actually pretty cool. Like it's cool that, you know, a company includes a different manufacturer's ability to accept their mag. I personally, they didn't send me one. I have not tried it out, but it it looks cool. And then, like I said, it's kind of AR-esque. So it has all of the controls that you're familiar with, with an AR, but it's obviously its own platform. And the barrel, it's a 16.5 inch threaded barrel, free flow M-lock forend. And I'm not sure what MSRP is, but because they just launched it yesterday. But if if you want to check it out, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as... Never mind. AF. The new hot one. Eric, do you like spicy food? Oh, heck yeah. I am an absolute fan of spicy food for sure. I'm Um, all about it. So I love spicy food. I actually just went to a Mexican restaurant the other day and what I loved, like the food was pretty good, but they had like a, like a hot sauce bar and they probably had mm, maybe like six or seven different hot sauces. And for whatever reason, like when I'm craving something, I think about the condiments more than the actual food, which is so weird. And I don't know if you do the same. <laughs> like if you're if you're craving a cheeseburger, I'm like, ooh, mayonnaise and ketchup. And then if I think about like, you know, Mexican food, I think about like the hot sauce that I put on it. And like, I'm so into condiments. And then I love spicy, like the spicier, the better, you know, within reason. I don't think you were there two years ago at the Gundy's. Was it two years ago or maybe three years ago at the Gundy's? And they did the like spicy one chip challenge. Were you there? For I, I that? wasn't there for it, but but I am familiar with the one chip challenge. And uh, we we have done an episode on our channel on on our podcast um, on the one chip challenge, and it it will get you out of here for sure. <laughs> uh, so did you eat it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I ate it at the Gundy's and I went up against another guy and it was something that EOTech was doing. And I got to say, like, I, when I signed up, I was like, oh, I love spicy food. I can handle it. And I just like took a little bite of the chip and I was like, oh, no. And it's not even one of those things where you could just hurry up and just like swallow because it's like almost uh, stale. So you have to chew it. And I just remember like any little piece that that chip touched, like my lips, my mouth, my throat, I could feel my stomach, like the lining of my stomach, like everything was on fire. And I finally like I finished the chip and we couldn't drink anything for five minutes. And I'm just sitting there and I'm dying. And the guy that I went up against, the minute he got off stage, he just started like throwing up. I mean, it was like projectile vomit, like it was something out of like a movie. I did not throw up. I was very proud of myself. They eventually got me chocolate milk and I was just like, okay, remain calm. This is how I die. And, uh, (laughs) but I actually, I just received news recently that they took it off the shelf because I think it killed a few kids or something or a child died because they ate the one chip. Have you ever ate any, uh, you know, really freakishly spicy peppers like scotch bonnets and, and what's that one pepper? That's the devil's heart. 
like they call it the devil's heart, the, the reaper, what Carolina it, reaper it looks yeah. like a, like the, the little shriveled up. <laughs> okay. So that's what we're going to yeah. talk about. So Guinness book of world records has officially crowned a new hottest chili pepper. So pepper X was specifically crossbred by uh, this guy named Ed Curry, owner of Pucker Butt Pepper Company in South Carolina. His previous creation, the Carolina Reaper, which I guess he created that. And I didn't, I guess it's not like man-made. Like he, you know. I don't think God is cruel enough to make that pepper. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so it's held the title of hottest pepper since 2013. On the Scoville scale, for rating the spicy level of peppers, Pepper X comes in at 2,693,000, while the Carolina Reaper has an average of 1,640,000. Quite the difference. I guess the scale is not linear, though. So Pepper X is actually about three times hotter than the Reaper, which I don't think I've ever tried the Carolina Reaper. I mean, at least I don't think I have. I don't know. There's been some really spicy hot sauce that I've tried before. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's it's something weird about the spiciness that like your body's physically in pain, but like your mind's like, oh, I want more. At least that's how it is for me. <laughs> you know, it is weird. When you look at Scoville units, just, just for the listeners, you know, for reference, okay. When we look at Scoville units, uh, a jalapeno pepper is about 2,500 to 10,000 Scoville units. And I guess that really depends on the type of pepper. But just to put it in perspective, you're talking, you know, some people are kind of wimps when it comes to even a jalapeno, which, you know, can be a pretty spicy pepper. Oh, yeah. And then you look at Pepper X, which is, yeah, 2.6, uh, almost 2.7 million Scoville heat units. I mean, that is just absolutely Actually, crazy. It's You're pretty close. So this article that I got this from, it says uh, the jalapeno is about 5,000. But I'm sure that that varies because, you know, jalapeno, sometimes you'll eat one and you're like, oh, that wasn't even hot. And then other times you eat just like a little bit and you're like, okay, your mouth's like, you know, on fire. Habanero apparently is like about 100,000. So in other words, like this, these peppers have nothing compared to the Pepper X. So eating Pepper X is not an enjoyable experience, Curry said. He specifically said, I was feeling the heat for three and a half hours. Then the cramps came. Those cramps are horrible. I was laid out flat on a marble wall for approximately an hour in the rain, groaning in pain, which when I read this, I'm just like, I can only imagine like, did he did he eat this outside and he was up against like a really nice house that was marble and then it starts to rain and he's just sitting there like groaning in pain. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so far, only five people have eaten Pepper X and debuted this week on the YouTube series Hot Ones, which I might check out just for entertainment value. It took 10 years to create Pepper X as a hybrid from the Carolina Reaper and a pepper that a friend. This is what. That guy said, uh, a pepper that a friend of mine sent me from Michigan that was brutally hot. So I I don't know if he's going to give away the secret, but I guess those two made up this pepper X. He's had seeds sitting ready for when someone overthrew the Carolina Reaper record, but when no one did, he brought it out anyway. So actually overthrew his own record. If you want to test it, pepper X is available in a bunch of sauces on it's called puckerbuttpeppercompany.com, but the creator does warn you that the cramps are horrible. So I think I'll pass on that. You know you what? Know, I, at what point are we going to get? Are we going to get to the point where peppers get so hot that they kill people? <laughs> well, so I don't know if you heard, but apparently that one chip challenge 
And I don't know what's on it, but apparently that did kill a child. And so they took it off the market. Wow. Yeah, I don't. So don't quote me on that, but Google it because it came up in my newsfeed probably about a month ago and I sent it to a few people and I'm like, see, I could have died. But instead, like, you know, I did it for entertainment purposes. I did it for the gram. But yeah, I actually have you seen that like YouTube channel or maybe it's I don't know, it's some sort of TV series. Maybe it's on YouTube. But this guy, he interviews all of these famous people and they start off with, you know, eating something like somewhat spicy and then they just keep going up. And apparently, like as you eat something spicy, you're more likely to tell the truth, which I don't know if that's true or not. But I thought about doing that maybe once or twice for the new podcast Pew Pew panel. I think it would be kind of funny. It would be kind of funny, actually, if you and I went like head to head. I'll eat some spicy peppers. I'm game. And we had a, yeah, maybe we should do that because I do love spicy, but it gets to a point where it's like, okay, it's no longer enjoyable and it's so hot. It doesn't even taste good. And you're like, I'm out. But yeah, maybe we should do that. So guys, stay tuned for that. Just to remind you. So the new podcast that, you know, it's been around now for about two months, but uh, Eric is going to be joining and it's called Pew Pew Panel. And you can search for it on YouTube, just again, Pew Pew Panel or anywhere that podcasts are located. And now Franklin Armory. I don't know if you saw, but last week they released the binary system for the Glock 17. It's called the GS17 III. And I did my review about it. So if you guys want to check it out, it's on my YouTube channel. Just search uh, youtube.com forward slash Ava Flannel 1N2Ls. And I did put it in a palm rate, even though they told me initially not to. But I was like, you know, I mean, if it's supposed to fit for the Glock 17 and it has to be a Gen 3. And that's what you know, I had a lot of Palm Radies that were that, and uh, I put it in that system and it worked. Well, if you guys are wondering, you know, it does work, although Franklin Armory does specifically say that it's made specifically for the Glock 17. It was interesting, though. Like, so imagine like always growing up, just well, not growing up, but, you know, the first time that you shoot a semi-auto, it's just one pull of the trigger, bullet shoots out, and then that's it. And now it kind of messes with your mind a little bit because you pull the trigger, a round shoots out, you release the trigger, another round shoots out. And you're just like, okay, this is kind of weird, but I'm determined to kind of get the cadence down and shoot it well. And I will say like shooting full auto, which this is not full auto, but shooting like a full auto Glock versus a full auto long gun definitely requires a lot more effort as to, you know, like maintaining that recoil. Would you agree? You know, I, I fired a lot of Glock 18s, um, you know, with auto sears in them, and and they're they're wicked. Like they'll they'll take off on you if you're not careful. I know. And there were a lot of real early stock designs that helped with the recoil mitigation, but you know, I wound up. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the the you know like the BNT USWG chassis and things yeah. like that, but yeah. I always thought something like that would be really cool with an auto sear fitted to it. Well, anyways, if you guys want to check it out, it is out in the wild now. Use the code AVA, that's A-V-A. You're going to get 10% off your entire order. They have a bunch of other binary triggers for other guns out there, ARs, AKs, 1022s, all of that. And uh, just check out franklinarmory.com. And now it's time to wrap up. But first, before we do iTunes review, so there was only one review this week. So this person goes undefeated, well, not undefeated. This person wins the prize pack because there's nobody else to go up against. But if you guys haven't left a review, please do so. We greatly appreciate it. 
Also, feel free to leave one on Pew Pew panel as well. It just helps with the algorithm and to show up in people's newsfeed and, you know, get more people to listen to the show. And then I also just really like hearing from you guys. You know, I'll be honest, sometimes you're just like, okay, who's listening? And so it's like always nice to get comments back from you guys. So this one is from D-U-P-F-N-E-K-W-Z-P-I-X-T. I'm not even going to pretend like that's pronounceable. Titled, If Kramer and Costanza Had Podcast, maybe a podcast, five stars, it wouldn't be this good. Lots of good info without the tactical or FUD nonsense, five stars all day. And thank you so much for that. Just contact me, gunfunny.com, click on the contact us form and send me a good mailing address to get that out to you. And now it's time to wrap up. Uh, if you guys are having a hard time finding my Instagram, YouTube, whether it's GunFunny, Ava Flanell, any of that stuff, just go to GunFunny.com and there's links for everything. Also, if you enjoy the show and you want to support it, consider becoming a Patreon. You could do so by going to GunFunny.com, click on the support the show link. And then also Blown Deadline, he gives away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron each month. So if you've been wanting a really cool Cerakote job, but you've been putting it off and now is the perfect time to maybe become a patron and, you know, maybe you spend $5 as opposed to $300 and you get that gift certificate. Also want to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Say Colsters, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, Melissa Writings, and William Knave. And then King of the Patreon is Jon Snow. And Eric, thank you so much for joining me on this episode, uh, first episode announcing, you know, SIG as the sponsor, which I'm really excited about. But also, I'm also really excited to have you on uh, Pew Pew panel and to see where that goes. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. And in the meantime, I guess, stock up on spicy peppers. <laughs> Absolutely, Ava. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I think we're, we're going to have such a great time. We're going to jump into a lot of great conversation. And I would encourage everybody uh, to get on board, support it, you know, make sure you're listening. We're going to have some awesome stuff we're going to talk about. So I'm looking forward to, you know, having everybody here with us. And, uh, and Ava, thanks for the opportunity for me to, you know, uh, be be your wingman here. <laughs> of course, I appreciate it. And then also, can you just let listeners know once again, where can they find you on social media? What's your YouTube? What's your podcast? All of that good stuff. Yeah, you can um, go to Iraq Veteran 8888. Just type in YouTube. It'll pop up. We're all over the place. We're like the, the, the Black Plague on YouTube. We're everywhere. <laughs> and uh, go to X also. Well, I affectionately call it Twitter or the Bird app, but go over to X and it's Iraq Veteran 8888. You know, we're all over the place, but those are really the most active that we are is on YouTube and Twitter. So check us out. And uh, we're always posting lots of cool deals on Twitter as well. So get in the conversation. Join us over there. All right, cool. And now what do you say? So instead of you're like, yeah, I posted a tweet, you're like, I posted an X. It just, it just doesn't make so sense. weird to say it. Yeah. Like it's a tweet, dang yeah. it. Like, I I, nah, it's a tweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. All right, guys. Well, I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, though, check out Pew Pew Panel. Catch y'all on the flip side. <laughs> Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.